0: Are you guys ready up there? All right.
1: All right, quiet on the set. Hi, and welcome to the Women in Film and Television Ireland podcast. My name is Fiona Kinsella. I'm a WFT board member and producer at Jumper Productions and Tile Media. With the support of Screen Skills Ireland, and in partnership with Cork International Film Festival last November, WFT Ireland presented a very special panel. In her own voice, Spotlight on Crew, as part of the first Take Industry Day. Moderated by our chair, Dr. Susan Liddy, this lively discussion featured Director Camerawoman Adele O'Brien, Grip Holly San, and DOP and WFT Vice Chair, Yara Valdek.
2: Hi everyone, I'm Susan Liddy, Chair of WIFT Ireland, and First thing I'd like to say is thank you to Cork International Film Festival and to First Take for having us today. This is um, something that we've, a collaboration, if you like, that we have um, been involved with for the last number of years and very happy uh, for that association. So welcome, particularly to In Her Own Voice, Spotlight on Crew. And our focus today is primarily on women who are thriving in what's often regarded as non-traditional career paths. But we actually think there's something here for all those of you who are considering career options in the Irish screen industries, so just to kick off, then I'll introduce you to each of our speakers briefly, and then allow them to tell you what their role entails and what their what their what their daily work uh, is about. So, can I start by welcoming Holly San, who's a grip; Idel O'Brien, a shooting director; and Yarrow Aldeck, DOP. Oh. So, can I can I go over to you first, Holly? Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and what a grip actually is?
3: Uh, so I'm one and I'm 17 and a group is basically camera movement and everything below the camera. They design shots and um, uh, speak with the DP and director and make sure and know what they want and bring it
2: to life, basically. Okay. All right. And, and you're 17, you say, uh, Holly? Yeah. Well, that's really interesting because there's a, a, there's a kind of an interesting affinity to age-wise with, with some of our audience, I'm sure. Idel, can I go to you next? What, what's a shooting director? Is that, is, that, is that term correct, the one I'm using? Shooting director?
4: Yeah, so I'm a director who shoots, but it's known as a shooting director. So sometimes I direct with a crew and sometimes I make documentaries or factual entertainment where I'm principally shooting. And sometimes I do both in the same program. So I would shoot some of it and then a, a crew would shoot other parts. So um, it depends. It's all about the storytelling. So as a director, it just means that you're hoping to gain access and be less obtr- in intrusive, pr- I suppose, intrusive. And um, that you can build a relationship with people and possibly film over a long period of time. So that's what, as a self-shooter, is what it used to be called that's what it enables you to do so you can have the flexibility to not shoot some days because it doesn't suit the people you're filming with and you're not costing a fortune because it's just you usually on a sound person so if things don't quite work out so you're building that relationship long term um so essentially you need to be a very good director a very good shooter and sometimes you're also doing sound so it's kind of a bit of jack of all trades
2: Yes, Yes. sounds like that. Yeah, thanks, Adele. Yara, can I go over to you now? Um, A DOP.
0: What what do you actually do? (laughs) That's a loaded (laughs) question, Susan. Um, I would I would split this into about three phases. So in the in the pre production phase, I would sit down with the director and help them visualize their written script. So that's the first time when you start seeing the words on a page come to life in our minds, and we you know we kind of figure out how we're going to portray the film visually. Um, then the second stage would be the production stage um, where I work uh, with the camera team and with the lighting team and I execute that which we have visualized in pre-production. Uh, you know, I operate the camera, I, I um, uh, pre-light the scenes um, and just direct these two crews, camera and lighting to, to help execute the vision. And then in the po- in the third stage in post-production, I would either sit in on a color grade with an experienced grader or uh, on lower budgets. I do that myself.
2: OK, all right. Mm-hmm. OK, so um, I'd love to get our, 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 um, our minds around there. C- can I go back to you, Holly, and, and go through all of you and just ask you to describe your typical working day? What do you are you going to work? What do you actually
3: do, Holly? So in the morning, I come in an hour early so we can gather our thoughts, uh, get the gear from the day before, make sure it's all in one place that's not going to be seen by the camera, so we don't have to keep moving it. Um, We speak to the DP and director and see what they want for the first shot. Uh, We set it up, uh, get the track together. Um, We watch the rehearsal and depending on what the shot is, I'll do it or the group will do it. Um, After the shot. We break it down and bring it back to where the gear is. There's typically like two to 15 shots before lunch. Um, and if I have time in between, I'll clean the gear make sure it's ready. Um, and then we have lunch and then the same after lunch. And then at the end of the day, I'll make sure all the gear is in one place and clean it off and ready for the next day.
2: And is it a long day, Holly?
3: Um. It depends. I don't find it too long because
2: I enjoy it. But if it's, if we're not doing a lot, then it can be a lot, long day. So It's not necessarily nine to five type of thing for you. No. no far from it, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Adele, what about
4: you? Your typical day? Or is there such a thing for you, Adele, a typical day? There isn't a typical day. I would say I've been um, working in the business for over 30 years and I don't think I've ever had two days the same. What what I would say is that in terms of looking at this as a career, that is one of the best things about it, is that you're always reinventing yourself, but at the same time, you're always building on your experience. So nothing's ever boring. In fact, that's what you would need to be able to embrace or or have an appetite to embrace is that sense of adventure. So, you know, on any given day, you could be in the back kitchen of, you know, um, a hostel, in like and say if we're just dealing with even with Ireland, like you could be with people, they've never met you before, you've never met them. And your um your job is to maybe let them tell their story. And then you know a couple of days later you could be with somebody who's really used to television and used to attention and they could be a celebrity. But you know, you're you're endeavoring in that sense to represent them as well or to dig or probe and maybe find a part of them or let them be, be more authentic than they normally are on television in terms of being that kind of director. So it, essentially my day starts the day before, like it always, it's all about prep so that it's not like um, television where you go into a studio and there's cameras and a script and everybody knows mine is a close-up or mine is a wide shot and I'm doing that for the first sentence and then I'm going to you know, back to the close up. And is it this close or is it this close? And all of that's on paper. It's good to have learned all that. And then it's nearly like playing a piano that when you turn up with the camera, you're not directing the people, you're directing yourself. So you're directing yourself to witness them. And there the camera is sort of like a bird on your shoulder. You don't want to draw too much attention to you or it. You want the person to be there themselves. And so you're 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 prepping so much and you're thinking so fast, but you're not letting anybody in the room know that. Even sometimes you're a camera assistant; they think you're just sort of shooting the breeze and refocusing. But actually, all the time you're talking rubbish a lot of the time, not even answering questions. You're filling the gap so that that person sort of forgets they're on the lens. And you're and so as a shooting director you're you're trying to it's not quantity it's quality you're trying to capture real life as it happens so to capture real life as it happens first of all you're thinking of your editor so you need to provide coverage which is they need to be able to cut what was three hours in somebody's park house whatever into maybe a three-minute scene uh, without losing um that sense of what happened. But you're also open to what magic could happen when you least expect it. And what you don't want to do as a director is go, oh, sorry, I missed that. Would you mind saying that again? Now you may have missed it because you can't preempt things that happen, but you you are trying to make them not aware they're on camera. So if you say, can I do a second take because i missed it or i want a better shot or another angle you're drawing attention all the time to the fact that they're on camera and that's actually essentially what i'm trying not to do is i'm trying to make it a really good experience for them so that like there's no red light you know on a camera everybody knows oh it's on it's off it's on it's off i've literally seen people go i'm on i'm off i'm on i'm off and so you're trying to make it seamless so that after a while they forget the camera's even there. And what you then do is you're really, you're not getting like the truth because that's another session, whether there is such a thing, but you're trying to get a really authentic sense of who they are and what their story is. And you're not saying to them, take three, take four, take five, because I missed it. I'd love that really nice shot with the door as it closes. Would you mind walking through again? Because believe me, after a few days filming, they're going to go, Oh look, I've enough of her. She's here making me walk in and out of doors three times for a shot because her shot is more important. So you're trying to, um, like, playing the piano is a thing. It's like if it's like riding a bike. You you're always watching the road so you don't get killed, but you still you kind of know how to do it mechanically
2: yeah so I think it's interesting Adele that you actually sound like there's an awful lot of kind of interpersonal skills required I'd say from the way you describe it apart from your your technical competence of course because as you say you're engaging with people and you're trying to put people at their ease whereas it seems to me I don't know if this is right but Holly you're less concerned maybe with engaging with people on the set would that be reasonable to say you're you you're, you're more your job is
3: uh, sorry, we need to be able to engage with the actors and make sure that they can be in the right position and we can be in the right positions, and that they're aware of where the camera is and where the dolly is.
2: Okay. Uh, Yara, can I come in to you? Can you tell us, can I come back to you? Can you tell us about your day?
0: Um, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. Again, it depends on what stage uh, you catch me in. Um, in pre-production, It can be anything from sitting down with the director and breaking down the script and storyboarding to going to see locations, figuring out if they are suitable for the film, uh, to um, talking to rental houses about renting the the equipment we decided on working with, uh, planning lighting schemes with the gaffer. So in each production stage, the days... Are set for each project. You have to go through them to to get a pro- bring a project to life. But it just kind of depends where you catch me. On and on production days, it's it's uh, pretty much this. Every day is the same in the in the sense that you you know arrive to set. You you speak to your teams. You you make sure that uh, the camera team is doing what they are needed to do. The lighting is doing what they need to do. I speak to the director to to kind of. Um, run through through the scene. Each scene we block, then we shoot it. You know, it, it's a, it's the same rhythm to the day. And sometimes you go faster, sometimes slower. It depends how many roadblocks are thrown <laughs> in your workday. Um, they tend to run very long. The days I, I think in Ireland they're they're shorter. I, I I first started in the U.S., so a, a workday there could have been. 12, 14, sometimes 16 hours long. Here, uh, here the producers mind it much better. So that's lovely. But it's still a long day. Um, and at the end of the day, when you're done filming, you still have to kind of sit down with the director, discuss what you've done, what you've missed, and with the director, um, sir, sorry, AD assistant director who, who helps schedule uh, the film. And you have to kind of see what you need to get the next day, what you maybe need to reshoot um so so it's it's varied Susan I, I like what yes. Adele said she, she yes it sounds well,
2: you know all your days sound interesting because there is that variety as you yeah. say just to give um those who are uh, watching a bit of context now because I want to kind of move into to to the three of you and your personal experiences so just to give a bit of context if we look internationally and if we look let's say at the most lucrative films from 2016 to 2018 four of the 276 key grips working on those films were women if we stay with in hollywood and go to directors and female directors specifically 4% of the top 1200 hollywood movies from the last 12 years directed by women thankfully things are improving in that regard and certainly in ireland that you know we're well up into the early 30 odd percent now so that's that's something to be uh, celebrating um dops don't fare a whole lot better six percent dops working on the big hollywood films uh and 16 percent on independent films so i suppose the bottom line is in many ways each of you are, are working in in professions that would in the past have been dismissed as male professions probably you know, if women had inquired about it or they wouldn't maybe have been sold as possible career options to young women in school. So I'm kind of interested to know, going back to you to start with, Holly, what is it that attracted you to this particular career? And I want to know from all of you to use a kind of a a bit of a hackneyed phrase, but nonetheless, were each of you so-called technically minded? You know that phrase people use, oh, they must be very technically minded. Were you technically minded um, going back to when you were a young uh, a young woman? Um, what kind of attracted you to a job uh, that many would say is a male, in inverted commas, job? So Holly, um, there's a lot of questions shoved in there, but I'm really interested to hear the answer.
3: So I've been coming out on set with my dad, uh, who's a key grip, since I was three, Um, and any chance i got to spend time with him i would and i just really liked it and i've tried other uh, departments such as acting and stunts and in the office but i didn't i found gripping a lot more rewarding so the technical side did suit me and i found it much more enjoyable so
2: so you it was just do you think it was it does it help that you're with your dad to kick things off holly
3: um I think it helps in like an encouraging way but yeah. He uh, treat me like he treat
2: anyone else? Oh I'm um, sure yeah I can imagine I mean most parents I think would be doing that. Yeah. But but Holly would you, like what about the idea that oh it sounds like a very technical type of job and we know that women have struggled to get ahead in some kinds of technical fields. Now this is not due to a lack of ability on women's uh, side I should immediately uh, come in and say but you know in terms of education and training in the past maybe women were steered in a different direction. Did it never dawn on you that this was particularly technical or that it didn't suit you or none of those things played a part for you Holly? No it was
3: just more like uh, coming out
2: and enjoying the job. I really enjoyed just coming out with my dad. Yeah, well, that's really interesting because, I mean, that sense of enjoyment, do you know what I mean? And you didn't perceive it as a block in any way or overly challenging to you as a young woman in any way. I think that's very positive. That's really interesting. Idelle,
4: um, what about you? Um. So when I was, my background would have been, uh, I would have done acting on radio and things like that. And I would have been involved in, theatre as a kid now or a teenager so but I also was from a home where um we were very much encouraged to to do what we liked you know my father was a computer programmer and you know he he had a great interest in in art and music and he just loved the fact that in my family we were all thinking of heading in that direction but everyone around us even in school would have said hold on you're not going to actually work at that though you know so what I did go to art college and then But I think there were two out of the whole school that went in the space of maybe five years, maybe three. So it was very rare at that point in that, you know, there was an ingrained sense of within, I suppose, art and theatre and television and film that it was kind of, there was a gender bias, if you like. that just wasn't really women involved. And like that phrase, if you don't see it, you don't know it or think about it. So But in terms of abilities, what the thing like you use the word technical and it's funny, like I know people who are really well established in our industry and they're afraid of things like data wrangling because it's like, oh, my God, I could lose all the clips. I'll pay someone else to do that. I think in our industry, we all men and women have to enable ourselves to be um, otherwise you're going to pay someone else to do it. You have to kind of always keep up. It's like. know we're all using phones back then you know people who were maybe older oh no i don't want to i don't know how to switch on netflix i don't know how to use my phone you're kind of left behind i think in a lot of ways not just our industry if you don't upscale a little bit and just be open minded but to me i think if i was my hiring person i don't need them to be digitally minded or technologically minded or technically minded i mean they could be good at tiling you know, and uh, gardening. It's people who are able to go, do you know something? I have a solution. Do you know something? I have, I have an idea. I think people like that who are able to think on their feet and that sort of ability to to have the confidence to give something a go. I think if there's an all-encompassing kind of talent or skill or work or experience in life, that really sets people up for our business because it isn't ever the same any two days in a row. And even though I'm working as long as I am um you know I still have to I'm still nervous about some jobs I still have to prepare for some jobs and research and even on the day I have to think like how am I going to fix this so if you if people who embrace a challenge like that to me that's confidence you know so that would be my kind of um to inspire young people who like Do not feel your parents have to be in the business. Do not think you need to know everything about gaming or you need to be able to take photographs. There's so many different areas in our business. And if you're one of those people who can go, I can do that. or And if I can't, I learn. That's the approach I think that you need. Um, Because the one thing in our business in terms of gender, okay, is there is. In in Ireland, I'd say more than a lot of countries, there is a sort of an unconscious bias that we have, that we like to know what we know. We like to work with people who are familiar, safe pair of hands. Um, She's like me. He's like me. They are from the same background as me. Their accent is the same as me. So we're all challenged by that. And that is why the same people get hired. It's because they know what they're doing, but also they're familiar. So you're on a list and you worked on another gig. So breaking through at the beginning can be really difficult. Um, But what you have to do is say, that's not going to stop me and have confidence. Because if I was speaking to myself when I was 17 or 25 or whatever, um, 30 years ago, I would say, just go for it and don't be afraid because that's what stops people is that they're they're waiting for it to be perfect they're they're waiting for the call you kind of just need to jump in and be able to make mistakes
2: well that's interesting we've got two we've got holly will say coming to it because her dad was in it but you might equally argue there that you know her dad was a great role model her her dad was presumably never for i imagine holly given where you are now that your dad encouraged and didn't put you off didn't try to say oh you can't do this am i right holly i'm sure he was very yeah he to
3: steer me away from it
2: but i decided that i did want to do it so (laughs) (laughs) well Holly did he steer like would you say did did it was it ever an issue in your house that you were a young woman and there weren't too many girls doing this job was that ever an issue
3: no I think it was that I could do what I wanted to do if I put my hand
2: yeah and which is echoing what you're saying Adele so I'm hearing some sense of like let's kind of park all these stereotypical kind of ideas about who can do what and sort of follow your passion and go after things. Yara, can I bring you in here? Um, what What do you have to think about this sort of technical side of things, being off-putting for maybe women or women not getting the training or education that is bringing them along those pathways? What have you to say about that?
0: Well, I... I... I have to say, like, looking back at myself and then also students that I've had um, when I was teaching cinematography in Dublin, um, whenever I had guys in the class and I, I brought in equipment, they would be the first ones to... I would demonstrate the equipment and they would be the first ones to go and try it. Uh, and it had I had to kind of push the girls to, come on, go pick it up, don't be afraid of it, you know, try this. And I think trying to remember how I felt I, I always felt that I, I didn't want to look incompetent and that's why I stayed at the back of the class and maybe didn't you know push put myself first because uh, I think when you're a guy and you embarrass yourself in front of another guy they kind of I felt like because they were buddies it didn't matter when I stepped in and I did something and it didn't look like it should have I just I, I felt like um, the stairs and the energy would go like why is she doing like why is she even here That's how I I felt in the environments I've been in when I was learning Yes Yeah But so when I discovered that when I was still in the in my student years when I discovered that that was the energy in our around me I just I just um, had to say to myself like I need to rewrite my story and I started to volunteer myself for these things and like embarrass myself not being able to assemble a, a light stand or something but at least I was the first one to say I'll do it and I then at, at you know as time progressed I just felt like um I gave myself the confidence that I needed um and, and I realized that there were even that there were some guys in the class that were happy I went because they felt like me but they just were better at hiding it that they didn't feel confident doing those things. So I, I am not a technically um, minded person to start with, but I love solving things. And uh, at home, my husband calls me MacGyver because I always figure out how to open, open a locked door without the key or, you know, like, so I like to kind of tackle that. And I think, I think uh, to, to side with Adele it's, it's just going for it and being okay with get, being em, like getting embarrassed. You know, or it's it's okay. It's okay because in the end, it will benefit you, not anyone else. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question, Susan. No, but- well,
2: you did. I, I think it's really interesting, Yara, because really what you're saying is, like, it's okay not to know everything. Yeah. You're there to learn, first of all. Yeah. But I think, I wonder, you know, women seem to have a maybe... A bit, be, maybe are a bit more self-conscious to start with. And I mean, we're not going to go into all the rigmaroles about how women were reared and so on, but there might be still some sort of sense of women just being a little bit anxious about going into a field that, that they don't see other women in. Now, Holly is one of those examples of, you know, she had somebody directly in her family who was able to, um, you know, she knew by even... By 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 what he was doing, you know, to do something of the lifestyle, and I mean that is the essence of see it be it really, isn't it, Holly? It was living kind of that situation, but for others, I suppose it is about really looking around, and and I think it's really important for people who might be, you know, considering going into this career to understand that all of your careers are open to men and women, and that there is no reason whatsoever. To kind of uh, put yourself in a straitjacket if you're a young woman and say, "Well, I can't really do that because everyone, you know, I see, I see all the guys doing it." That isn't a reason not to do it. W- would you agree with that, Ali? Would you think that women should give jobs like grips a go- like a go? Yeah, I think
3: everyone should give anything they want to do a go. It's about how much effort you're going to put in and yeah. if you want to do it at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah uh, I, I mean I think this is coming through isn't it that there's no easy ride in any of these things you got to put the effort in and as Yara said you have to kind of bite your lips sometimes and maybe if you are going to feel a bit foolish but let's be honest whether you're in holding a camera whether you're on set whether you're working in a shop that you haven't ever worked that's the system you know like in the mm. olden days the cash register whatever the modern equivalent of that is but you know in every job, I guess, there's things to learn. It's just a question of being open to learn them. Um, I know that, you know, for the last few years, there's been a lot going on in Ireland, hasn't there? There's been changes in the industry. There's been a lot of talk about it. There's been a lot of action to try to change the landscape. And I know that a lot of the focus has really gone to um, encouraging uh, women and I, of course we're talking an awful lot about diversity in, increasingly and I think that's very important but I suppose we've kind of looked at uh, writers directors and producers to a certain extent um m- maybe only discussion about crew starting now but I'm wondering in your own lives in your own working lives um have has any of that po- uh, positivity has any have any of those changes have they kind of impacted at all Adele can I start with you here do you see any changes in the last few years, or no?
4: Um, do you mean in terms of gender? Anna? Yeah. You see, I went to uh, what is IADT now, and it was then the Leary School of Art and Design, and there were fourteen students in first year, and two of us were female, and one is an animate was an animator from the get go. She was going to do so in a way you could say that's a good and a bad thing like but it didn't it didn't make a difference to me in that I wasn't badly treated or anything like that I think again it's about your own perception in a situation where usually where I've experienced a negativity in any way it's usually people that don't matter okay and you don't know that at the time so those who mind sometimes don't matter and those who matter don't mind. And you have to kind of tell yourself sometimes that that the person like I've been treated badly in situations working as a director by crew, um, where I, and I, it's because I'm female and it's actually horrifying when it happens. And part of you can't actually understand it. And you don't, it's very confusing. Um, and then it's it's a kind of a torture situation to be in until then you get to your edit or the program goes out or you win an award, and you're you're accepting that award and still in the back of your head is that experience, so it doesn't go away and it's it but and it's it's just if again I'm just thinking of younger people coming through, but it's the voice in your head is to say that's actually that doesn't matter that's their problem not mine. I think in terms of progression of career it's still a problem today that women there's loads of women in Ireland in television they are especially in production. And I think what happens is that women, you know, they they're trusted early on in relationships with production companies and with crew in roles that require good communication, organisation and kind of diplomatic tenacity if you like where, you know, oh she's great she'll sort all that out. And sometimes they're not valued as much for their creativity, or um, their ability to solve a problem, their ability to frame a shot, or um, you know, cut a good sequence. Like there's loads of female editors as well. Like there, and that has been very much uh, a strong area of of post production. There's a lot of really, really good editors. You know, and then they tend to work a lot on their own, but in a crew. you you just you just have to forget the gender thing and and get on with it and most of the time it's actually not an issue, but it still does happen where somebody will make you feel like they they, they for their 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 need to put you down and it can it can be their need to build themselves up and that they just they can pick on you or whatever um, I mean I made a series about bullying that won an ifTA and I still found myself a few years after that you would think I should know about power dynamics, you know, been there, done that, got the IFTA, and then ended up in situations within a year, about two years where I knew that I was kind of being picked at. Um, so I suppose I, I would love to have had the, the strength at that point to just know that that's what it is and move on. So you, you always, you're always dealing with the, personal dynamics in this business of dealing with people and whether that's production companies or other crew 99 times out of 100 it's a great experience whether you're <laughs> female or whatever, you know it is it is a very very positive field of employment for people um and it's it's a, it's very challenging but like that's like i said at yeah. the beginning that's where that's where the meaning is. That's where the satisfaction That's is. True.
2: That's true. And I suppose we should we should come in here. Just be, I have an audience question, which I will come to now. But we should say the recent report from the Irish Theatre Institute does indicate that in media sectors, unfortunately, there is a lot of harassment and bullying. But I suppose I'm coming from a position of saying better to have that report out there and face the facts and then take steps to do something about it and uh, then 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 to kind of go around pretending that everything is perfect in the industry because of course there are many industries that, that things are not perfect in um, but before I come to the audience question can I just come to you Holly for a second have you ever experienced any kind of unpleasantness Holly either bullying or harassment or or people kind of giving you a bit of a look because you're a woman in in a, in a male job do you ever get any of that um, not really,
3: only when I'm like lifting the dolly, which is like typically 180 to 200 kilos. I might get a look or something, but that's about it.
2: So you don't get any bad vibes or any kind of, no, that's, that's, you're, you have a charmed, you have a charmed professional there at the minute, long may it last, Holly. So I'm going to put <laughs> this audience question to you guys and whoever would like to answer it. The audience wants to know, the audience member wants to know, how well does the crew industry know each other? Are there, for instance, networking events that you, in, that you attend internationally where you share experiences? Yarrow, can I get you to come in there?
0: I wanted the previous question, Susan. <laughs> um, you can come back to any other question you want. Do okay. you want to just toss in? Because
2: it's important mm-hmm. is it, for crew to network as well and to be connected, are they?
0: Well, I, I, I wouldn't say I network internationally and I wouldn't okay. say I network... Nationally, other than with women in film and television, because yeah. we organize events. Um, yes, we do. Other than yeah. that, there is uh, the, the only networking you do is with the crew you currently work with mm-hmm. uh, or at like film festivals. Um, you know, uh, uh, other than that, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> But so, so in other words, you can be working in a quite an
2: isolated way, moving from job to job. Yarrow, is that how you would see it?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I uh, uh, I think if the networking events were more, say, organized by I I don't know, Screen Skills Ireland. I'm not sure. Somebody. Uh, I think that would probably um, answer the question. How do we How do we open this up to to newcomers? Uh, but because this isn't here. I myself, when I moved to Ireland, it took me four or five years to to penetrate this this field. And it it was incredibly difficult. Um, So that would be my experience. Yes. Okay. Um, Is that your experience, Adele?
4: Yeah, I'm like, you know, don't even have a website. I mean, I'm terrible at the networking thing, but. I know that, it, see, it's a different world now and it is more, there is possibilities there. I think networking is really important for people trying to get into the business. Even if it's just to be aware of what's happening when, where funding is. Um, but it goes back to the old thing, like who you know, that as Yara was saying, like it is, it's very difficult to get started, even if you have experience from another area or another country. Um, so it's important not to give up. It is so there's more opportunities I think to make your own thing whether it's on a phone or whether it's using the internet as opposed to looking at broadcast I mean we're all working in broadcast or in film um but, I mean my daughter made a film this year in the summertime I actually didn't even know she was making it like like that just doesn't make any sense to me like how <laughs> until she was making it because back in my day you know you had to you know Grape every time, every penny, every every can of film, because my first film was on film, and so you know. But it's just getting a posse of people together, whether it's a couple of friends and a phone and a laptop. Like if you want to tell stories, don't look at that as a kind of an amateur. Oh well, nobody will take it seriously. Yes, they will if you have a story to tell, because what they'll see is your energy, your drive, your commitment. whether it's in focus or not, I mean, and I shouldn't say that in front of Yarrow because, <laughs> but, you know, there's it's it's that um, spirit, if you like, that because you know I have had assistants and, and trainees working with me, and you know they can be around a lot and they're great to be around, but then I realise actually they can't shoot a shot like they just they can't, and they still have to learn practically mechanically how the decision making process is happening so for to get involved get involved even if it's not working as a runner in a facilities house it is not always the best way to go even if it's you know volunteer at film festivals help out on the smallest film that you don't even like the story of any little thing like that eventually things start to build and that that would be my advice anyway um
2: And I would come in here and say that um, Women in Film and Television Ireland, it is a great opportunity for people to kind of connect with others in their field. Just that sense of solidarity, I think, that you're not on your own, that somebody else, you can run something pass you know by somebody else if you've got a problem you can ask somebody else and of course there's a lot going on we do we do a lot of events uh, and many of them most of them now are online of course and we don't know where we're we're going with all of that Yara I didn't ask you that time and sorry I think that you you referenced it did you want to make a point about the male dominated aspect of your career and discrimination is there anything like that that you wanted to talk about or mention
0: Well, I, I just wanted to uh, comment. You said you asked the, the original question that you asked was if we see improvement in women entering yes. these fields, correct? And do we need to encourage more women? And I, I have, I have a, a little issue with the word encourage women. Um, I think at this point, at this point, if we no longer need to encourage women to enter the field. We need to encourage financiers and producers to hire them. Because in my experience, there are loads of, um, in camera departments, there are many, many women already, trainees, focus pullers, second ACs. Uh, There are uh, women students. I still teach cinematography at different um, uh, educational facilities uh, in Ireland. And I, you know, the student, female students are there. Uh, But there is no follow-up people, women, Often don't get hired in these uh, crew uh, positions. Maybe maybe they do for makeup or costume, but when it comes to say DOPs, the there is one female working DOP in based in Ireland uh, who gets hired to shoot features and TV series. But there are ten others who are capable. They shoot short films, independent stuff, but they just don't get hired for the big things. Um, yeah. It keeps coming to the same one, and so. Now we need to, it's time to start encouraging those who have the power to hire us, to hire us. Uh, so that, that would be my comment. <laughs> yes, so that, that's,
2: yeah, that's, I know we, we, you know, this is something that we feel very strongly about in WIFT actually, uh, this idea, you know, that there's got to be a stopping point where women are being, trained and you know I mean of course there's a time when it's very useful all the courses all the training and so on but there is that moment isn't there where you kind of go enough now we Mm. need jobs because we know what we're doing and of course um, that's very important around uh, areas of crew as well and I know you feel very strongly about that with regards uh, DOPs and um, that's very well um, explained there Yarrow. Um, Holly can, can I ask you if you knew about your job if you knew a few years ago what your job was going to entail before you decided to, to 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 join that profession would you have followed the same path or would you have done anything a bit differently
3: um maybe just start earlier I guess. earlier yeah because i liked uh now i'm coming into it more and i'm like realising what a grip actually does and it's so much more than what I thought it was at the beginning. So maybe just like getting into it earlier, like properly. So
2: Holly, what what is it that actually... Because I can hear your passion. I mean, it's so obvious that you just love this job. What is it about the job that you love so much?
3: I think it's just more than what I thought it was going to be. Like there's... It's very complicated and it looks easy like when I watch my dad doing shots it looks so easy and like I could do this and then I try it and it's like so hard but um just like getting the hang of things and just like jibbing going moving the arm on the dolly up and down like just how hard that can be on its own and the timings of everything um I just find it really fascinating and how it's done and how to set up shots and everything
2: and uh, um, i'm just wondering whether um whether whether you think that do you know any other female grip? by the way um i think
3: i've worked with one before i don't remember her name but uh i've worked with one on a commercial a few years ago i think
2: oh, was this an irish woman or or i think yeah, yeah yeah and do you think if do you think that uh, you'd have you'd have still found your way to this job if you didn't, if you hadn't your dad? Because you would have looked around and you wouldn't have seen too many women doing it.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's that I wouldn't have seen women doing it. It's probably that I just wouldn't have known what it is. Anything about it. Yeah. yeah.
2: And can I ask you finally there, Holly, did you go to college to study any of this or was was your route into it an apprenticeship type of route?
3: Yeah, it was an apprenticeship.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I would, would you recommend that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I, I don't know that we do enough of that anymore, actually. Um, it's all about going to college for a lot of these jobs. And of course, um, that's not always an ideal route for a lot of people. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. where cinematography is concerned, that is a college route of necessity, is it?
0: Yeah, I don't uh, think I would have first of all, found out about a career in cinematography if it was not an, an academic route. I, I first was a photography student and when kind of it clicked in my brain that I wanted my images to move, that's when I first realized through uh, the suggestion of a friend that mo- motion pictures move. Uh, and, and so, you know, it, it, because um, a, a cinematography is very much um, an art um, uh a field so happens to yeah. have a technical part yeah uh, there is a lot to learn uh and I, so i took the i took the longest route possible and i did a six, six year degree in cinematography which wow. is yeah the most long time yeah. you can yeah. learn and i so i i don't see how i could have learned what i've learned by doing an apprenticeship i would have probably learned to be sent, a camera operator, grip, or something like that, which are incredible fields, and I love them as well. But I wouldn't have necessarily learned how to be a director of photography that way. Uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so I would recommend my route. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> however, however, if there yeah. are people who, who maybe be from an apprenticeship, they get a chance to start shooting uh yeah quickly why not why not but usually it doesn't happen camera internships are to train camera assistants to the yes
2: yes okay um Ijel, what about you i mean would you have followed the same path knowing what you know now are you glad you went the route you did yeah
4: because i actually thought that um i, I actually went to film school after i was in a, um what is iadt i made a film um and it, like a short film that ran over after I was finished college and uh, that actually was really successful little short and it got me the scholarship to go to Paris and I'd never had thought about that like one thing kind of all leads to another it was really in that it was the state film school and there it was very prestigious and very few people and it was all the director and everybody knew all the credits from every film ever made and I didn't like I wasn't that person but we were being very much encouraged to make feature films and to skill up with other crew within the college but I ended up um, going to Russia um, with a high aid camera back when it was just little tiny tapes and just on my own uh, to follow a story and it, you know i spent nearly 6 months there and it, it was there that the penny dropped that i um i liked um witnessing lives as in letting them tell their story so it it it, it kind of was a circuitous route but i it came back to that thing of i don't necessarily even though i still love the idea oh, i'd like to make a feature film and you know i'd like to make feature docs and you know i still have that appetite but um I, I don't think there is a formulaic kind of, oh, this is the way to go to get into the business as a director. I think, t- to be honest with you, even even if you, you know, you spend 10 years as a nurse doing a really valuable job, you could still become a director. Um, psychology, you can become a director because it's life skills and, and knowledge of people and human nature and behaviour. They're really, they're they're the kind of vital part of telling those people. Um so there are people who are now ADs or ACs or they're in college and they might be watching this, think, oh, I need to decide what I'm going to do or I need to make a film before I'm 30. And, you know, I would have said that to myself. My hero at the time was Neil Jordan and he had made a film at 30, I think it was. And uh, and I thought, God, if I don't make a film by the time I'm 30, I'm like over the hill. Um, because I made my first film at 22 and I thought, you know, God, I better have a feature by the time I'm 30, you know. So, you know, I'm here and, and I still don't. <laughs> so lots of time, lots of time. But it's a so lifestyle. I think filmmaking or, t- or documentaries, like it, it's not you know just a job because if, mm. if you did think of it as just a job you'd constantly be saying why am I working so hard and not being paid enough or never get holidays and you're juggling your family life you know mm. and especially for women you know we have to like the elephant in the room is you know it's very difficult to be a full-time committed parent and a full-time committed director mm. like the
2: It is. But can I once again come in with slightly more uplifting? You're absolutely right, Adele, and this is a huge issue. And for a long time, it was an issue that wasn't spoken about, because obviously, when you go in around colleges talking to students, you know, I've spoken to directors who've gone in and said, well, you know, you don't like raising the idea of like anything that would stop young women getting involved. And if you start talking about motherhood, particularly, I mean, I know we say parenthood and it's true, but mostly, I mean, mothers pick up the slack. Uh, And and of course, there is that period where they must have their baby and they must go and deliver and so on. And so that was kind of sometimes brushed under the carpet. And I'm very delighted to say that Raising Films Ireland has been... um, has been formed in Ireland now. And uh, they, uh, in fact, I've been involved in the first piece of research, which has been launched uh, early next year. And so what I'm saying is there is a kind of, wherever you look now, there is a more of an awareness, I think, that there's a lot to be done to make the industry a more welcoming place, not just for mothers, but for parents and also for carers. Because you don't want to have to choose between, you know, a a profession that you love so much and an important, um, you know, important people that you also love in your life. Uh, so I, I think that's positive. If I was to go around and ask you where, in an in an ideal world, you'd like to be in five years, Yarrow, where would you like to be?
0: Uh, in my career, in my career, or physically, <laughs> your career. I think we'll stick to careers for the moment, yeah. Oh, yeah, Uh, Yeah. I was trying to be funny. I know. I mean, uh, just like Adele, I was told when I was in film school that um, usually if if, if you're going to be a DOP, you get to shoot your first feature about 10 years after you graduate. So 2021, come on, come on. (laughs) It's been 10 years. It's been 10 years since my master's degree graduation. And uh, it hasn't happened yet, but so... That would be it within At the next month, five years. I want to be the I want to be the one, the second DOP that you say there are only two DOPs in Ireland who shoot features, and I want to be and the one of them. One. Is that
2: Yaro Valdek? <laughs> if you just can't stop getting work, it's so annoying. But but Yaro, I do think I must come in here to say I understand your frustration, and I, I totally am absolutely rooting for you as you know for for that goal. But it's is it also true to say you enjoy your daily, you enjoy the jobs and the work that you are doing.
0: I, I love it, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. It yeah. is it, it is the job that brings me joy, uh, and I am I. Am, no, I I know I'm capable of doing many other things. I could have a career doing other things, but uh, this is this is the thing that makes me sane. And there there is no no voice at the back of me saying, "Oh, I really wish you were an accountant, or you, you should have gone for that career." No, it's it would be the other way around. If I was an accountant, there would be this voice saying but you really wanted to do, you know, cinematography. What are you doing?
2: Yeah, that's wonderful to be able to feel that sense of that you've taken the right path. mm -hmm. Holly, what about you? Fast forward five years. Let's say we're sitting around here having the chat in five years. And I say to you, Holly, what has happened for you? What would you like that to be?
3: Uh, So I'd have to be a keeper. And that's basically, uh, they set up the shots. They design the shots and they manage the floor and they manage the budget for their team.
2: So that is a sort of, if you like, that is a step up. Is it a considerable step up, Holly? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. So they'd be like the top of the
2: works. Okay. okay. And are you pointed in that direction, Holly? You are? Yeah. Good. That's great. Idel, <laughs> what about
4: you? Well, some the days there's a part of me that hopes that five years from now I'm on a beach with, you know, in Greece <laughs> with um with the funds to be able to stay there six months of the year. Um, I mean look I still think it, it's an amazing career and um, it is so enjoyable that uh, you kind of wake up and go well you know one of these days I'll get a real job you know because it's hard to describe to people what exactly it is but I I just love telling people stories and I love you know whatever it is I can get interested in it you know very very quickly I can be- get committed to a project very very quickly and then when I'm not actually on a job, then I kind of can very quickly say, oh, my God, I might never work again, which is kind of silly. I know. But it, it, you, it, so you have there's a lot of self-doubt and then you have to kind of motivate yourself with confidence from somewhere. But I would love to say that the self-doubt will disappear and that, you know, then a few days later, I'm back on another project. In five years, I'd really like to hope that documentaries are still being commissioned for television. And I mean, in Ireland, because at the moment, what's happening for directors is that we are crew, even though there's people watching this who might think, what What are you doing, Adele O'Brien? You're not a crew member, you're, you're a director. But directors are now seen in factual entertainment, which is what it's called, rather than that's what's being commissioned. And you're the director on on the floor, as in you shoot stuff and hand it over for someone else to cut. That's sort of the way things are going. and um, and that's, I'm not really that interested in it. I've done it. But, you know, there's nothing quite like bringing a project home through the edit. So I would like to say that five years from now, feature docs, TV docs, documentary series are still being commissioned. Because I think people do want to see them and they don't all have to be crime. Mm,
2: that's true. <laughs> so not only would they still be commissioned, but Idel O'Brien would be be searched for the length and breadth of the country with people dying to give you projects that must be part of the dream as well yeah just you know. well
4: just one person <laughs> with, a, with not that much of a big budget but you know still tell those stories Yes, um, yes yeah that yeah, you know people want yeah. to hear and i think the irish audience i mean i'm not just talking about ireland but i mean i do think an irish audience are very engaged with life here you know and we take ourselves mm-hmm. very like we don't take ourselves very seriously a lot of the time but we do have a serious interest in storytelling yeah um so i'd still like to be part of that
2: okay well you'd like to be part of it and i hope that our uh, audience will become part of it and i hope that i hope that we've gotten the balance right today between saying look there are some challenges in these careers But if you want to be a grip, do it. If you want to be a DOP, do it. If you want to be a shooting director, do it. And you can. Uh, But you're going to have to, in a way, the most important thing is to be fearless and to go forward going, okay, I feel a bit uncomfortable, but, but I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to learn. And maybe it's all about stretching yourself too, because you've all achieved it. It's possible to achieve it, but it's about saying I want to do it and I'm prepared if it's going to be maybe a little bit awkward. I might feel a bit shy maybe at times, but I'm going to do it because I want to do it. And, and I think that you've shown what a wonderful, um, what a fabulous uh, sort of career it can be because you all love your careers so much and no regrets. I'm not feeling a single regret coming uh, across just the hope that things will continue and go from strength to strength. So I'd like to say we, time is up, I'm afraid, but I've really enjoyed talking to you on behalf of Cork International Film Festival's First Take, on behalf of WIFT Ireland, thank you to Hollinsan, thank you to Idel O'Brien, and thank you to Yarrow Valdek, and thank you to WIFT Ireland of course, I must say that even though I'm the chair, I would like to thank uh, those uh, like the BAI and uh, Screen Skills Ireland who have sponsored events Um over the the last 12 months, because it helps us uh, to keep the dialogue going, which is what we want to do. Thank you all very, very much indeed. It's been a pleasure talking to you and the best of luck in your chosen careers. Thank you. Thank you very
0: much, Susan.
1: If you would like to support Women in Film and TV Ireland or follow the work we do, log on to wft.ie.